Hey, 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 and welcome back to the Duality Podcast with your favorite duo, Bella and Simmy. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about how to declutter your physical space right now and how to be more intentional with buying moving forward. We think it's like very important to try to create a home environment where you love everything that you own, everything that you surround yourself with. So just like imagine a world where you know exactly where all your things are and there isn't any scrambling or stressing because everything has its place. That's the world we want for all of you and ourselves. So we're going to talk about strategies and tips to do that in this episode. But first, Bella, I think, is loaded with life updates. Let us hear it, madame. Hello. Um, No, actually, I don't really have that many. I mean... The only one that I kind of have, I guess, is I went on a walk today and talked to this random lady, and that was really fun. Like I, I, I don't. I guess I don't talk. To, as this is a common theme, I always want to talk to people, and I always get too shy. But this time, I wasn't, and I talked to her, and she was really interesting. And she was like an eighty-five-year-old real estate agent. Wow! And she was just telling me all about her life and stuff. And she was so smart and. Well, like, so, I don't know, like, 85 is so old, but she seems so young in spirit. Mm. So, um, anyways, her tip for longevity, <laughs> or, like, well, I y'all know, got into it. at heart. Yeah, she was, like, it really is just, like, connecting with other people, like, talking to other people. It, like, makes you want to live life more. Aww. And I was, like, oh, true that, girl. Um, so, anyways, that was kind of my life update, life update and then... Work was chill. Yeah, that's all I got. What about you? I um, am so bad at life updates. I've just been been working, been dreaming. Belle and I have been doing a lot of soul searching lately. And this podcast is part of our soul searching. Mm-hmm. So been doing a lot more dedicated work for that. Thank you to all of the love on the Olivia Rodrigo post that I made like a little bit ago that was so freaking fun basically when her album came out when when guts came out we had said on the podcast how much we loved it i was fully obsessed with it mm-hmm. and the concepts that are in each of the songs like they just resonate so deeply in my soul like i just get so emotional thinking about it and it reminded a lot of the concepts reminded me of episodes that we had talked about specifically everything that inspired it was um pretty isn't pretty or pretty isn't pretty en- wait what is it called pretty enough no pretty isn't pretty pretty isn't pretty yeah uh-huh gotta check for my gotta fact check pretty i'm pretty sure it's pretty, isn't isn't pretty. yeah pretty, pretty isn't pretty enough. um that one just like resonated with me so much and it just reminded me of the episode that we did and so that made me spur on thinking like all the different concepts that olivia talks about in her songs and how it relates to very important things anyways so if you haven't seen that post check it out if you've ever cried or screamed an Olivia Rodrigo song, please look at that post and find the corresponding duality podcast episode. Thank you. Thank you. No, it slays so hard. It was so good. It's so cute. I loved it. It looks like legit, legit. Like you should do marketing like for a job. Mm, maybe. I maybe. would recommend that. I'm not sure. <laughs> NBD. She's she's a marketer or whatever. But anyways, it's also going to say that I think we have been, I feel like I've been feeling passionate lately, like just like excited, like dreamy vibes, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I know. We talk about it every day. (laughs) (laughs) She said, shut up. No, I did not. I was just like, I heard it enough. You you know, like I've been really, yes, I know, girl. We've been texting back and forth. Oh my God, we got to do this. We got to do, we have like so many life plans that we want to do. We can't pick one. So very, well, this is one of them. So thank you for listening because it's our life dream into fruition. Seriously. (laughs) Okay. Well, back back to to the the topic topic at at hand. hand. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Anyways, we're back at it. Okay. So Bella, what made you be inspired to want to do this episode so um as you know if you've listened to any of the last like three episodes i recently moved out of my childhood home into a tiny baby studio apartment and so um it's like my first apartment living outside my parents home and so i have to be very purposeful with like the things that i bring because the space is so tiny and because i want to live in like a clean space where i love every single thing that is in it 
Um, so yeah, I was just thinking about minimalism in that way. And then you had brought it up. So yeah, what, what makes you think about it? I think that I've been thinking a lot about this topic for the last year or so when we've been house sitting and traveling, it just makes you like realize what you actually use most often. Like I know which exact necklace and earring that will go with every single outfit that I wear. I know like the clothes that I reach for the most often and are most comfortable in. And just that entire idea of you don't actually need the a million varieties of the same thing that you have. Um, And so with that feeling in mind, with what living out of a suitcase kind of makes you feel I've just been trying to buy and thrift way more intentionally than ever before and especially for me I'm like a sales girly unfortunately or fortunately depending but sometimes I think that when sales happen there's like this scarcity mindset in it where you think that oh it's only on sale for this exact time like this is the time to get it like I'm missing out if I don't get it right now and I'm gonna have to pay more for it later and so it makes you impulsively get things and I've just been trying to avoid all of that and avoid that especially when thrifting too because thrifting is cheaper thrifting you know that you can't like if you leave something at the thrift it's probably not gonna be there the next time you come back so there's like a, a fear in that but just reminding myself that I don't need practically most things moving forward besides like food and water and the other things I already have so just trying to be very very intentional with what I bring in and doing that using the strategies that we're going to outline throughout this episode so yeah love that so because minimalism is such a buzzword there's been a lot of common frameworks that have been like popularized in the last few years with minimalists organizers and tidying experts it's literally like becoming a job for people because i think society is moving in an overspending over consuming mindset so a lot of people are looking to get out of that this has spurred Netflix documentaries and shows like The Minimalist, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, Get Organized with the Home Edit, and so many more. So it's definitely very relevant to the times. Yeah, it's become very relevant and it's kind of become a phenomenon of people trying to explain how you should transform your life or create this deeper meaning of not placing value in things. Um, and that can be very beneficial for some. I know people who really, really love those documentaries and love those shows. I really li- did like the minimalist um, documentary. But all that's to say, we are not technically minimalist. Yeah, I, am not a minimalist. I wouldn't say. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a minimalist, minimalist by that perfect standard. But I think it's important that there is an in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this episode, we're not saying to throw away everything you own let that be clear because in fact that's very wasteful there's like a lot of I feel like a lot of the sustainability conversations that happen online they're always like you should be using these things not these unsustainable things but the most sustainable thing you can do is continue using the things you've already bought and consumed before you invest in more sustainable options um, and also just to properly donate recycle or pass on the things that no longer serve you like they once did and then continue on in your life with an intentional mindset that's what this episode is more about more about yeah and I also think it's really relevant too I will say like to people in their 20s or I'm always talking about being in the 20s but I think it's when for me personally I'm starting to get a grasp I really do feel like I have a grasp of like my taste and my personal style or my personal like home design vibe so I don't feel like there's much as much of a need as when I was younger to just get like the trends or get like all the things that I think I might a little bit like like now I feel like I know what I like and I feel like a lot of people probably can relate to that too when you grow up it's exciting because I don't know I feel like there's less of a want to buy everything because you kind of know what you like because you kind of know yourself more so anyways kind of a tangent but in this episode we're going to offer strategies and tips on how to declutter your physical space right now and how to be intentional moving forward with buying things that you love and yeah it's also just like super relevant especially because Black Friday is coming up and the holiday season so without further ado let's get started you know it wouldn't be a duality episode if we weren't if we weren't gonna bring up. I'm a some bag of the on an influencer. Why. Oh, oh I thought- I'm a bag. <laughs> well, no, no, yeah. Some of the reasons why I think that overconsumption is a um, is a problem, and 
Basically, it's capitalism, marketing, influencers, your social image. These things have impacted our buying habits. And we are honestly at a point where every inconvenience can be solved by a product. Mm-hmm. And there are ads constantly trying to convince you to buy a new version of a thing that's so much better than the current version that you have. Um, for example, instead of, you know, putting your stuff in the fridge normally, you know, let's unpackage the packaging that already exists on it <laughs> and then repack it in a certain way that's aesthetic. That's Innovation, a trend going on right truly. now. <laughs> um, hey, you know that blush that's lasted you literally years because you only put so f- such a fine amount on your face? Eh, even though it's t- tried and true to you, let's just buy a completely new one because the local influencer says it's life-changing and they're mm-hmm. so obsessed. Like, that's just the vibe of the times. It's just like how Hydroflask were the most incredible, innovative water bottle, but now the Stanley is just so much better. Like, these trendy things, just they just get to us. They just get to us. What are some examples of things that you have bought in Bella that you wish you hadn't? Yes, um, some things that I wish I that I wish I hadn't bought. All of college, to be quite honest with you, I was like a 100% fast fashion trend crop top girl. Like I had the $10 crop tops from H&M and Forever 21. I guess I didn't have as much money back then because I was like a college student. But still, I feel like instead of doing that, I could have thrifted nicer things or just bought a couple staple pieces. But I literally bought 100%. All I basically wore my senior year was crop tops and jeans. And then it was weird becoming... I mean, as if I wasn't an adult then, but like recently, I can't wear those outfits out all the time. I feel like I'm getting like too old for that kind of outfit. So it just kind of felt like a waste of money. And also they weren't like nice quality things by any means. I So I think that's like the one thing that I kind of regret. I wish I had been more forward thinking about how will I be able to use this piece in the future instead of just, I would just go to the mall and be like, oh, I'm going to a, like an event this weekend. Okay, let me just get a going out top for that please and then i never wore it again yeah shopping by event is a really wasteful thing yeah that we we tend to do like shopping for a trip specifically because you're in such a rush you're you're literally gonna make an impulsive decision because you need an outfit in your head mm-hmm. um and you don't know if you're actually gonna wear it more than once exactly especially in college because i feel like there's just so many events like formals um events for like whatever organizations you're in and yeah I was just shopping by events so now I have like five super formal dresses where am I ever gonna wear those ever again be real so yeah yeah I feel like that's something that I overconsumed that I wish I hadn't and you yeah for me I think that I for for a while now a couple years now I I would honestly say that 75% of my closet is thrifted I do still get things from the mall um, at times when I literally cannot find something that fits me perfectly thrifting or for a basic that I know I'm going to use a lot. That's not to say that I don't slip up. I definitely do slip up sometimes and I get things that I shouldn't have gotten. But I think that with thrifting, is it's really hard to not overconsume because like I said a little bit before, things are cheaper and there's like you want to get it when you see it because you know you can never get it again or come across it again it's not widely accessible it's not something that you can buy online it's not being made anymore so with that I was thrifting so much so much more clothes than I needed to thrift like things that I would still only wear once Mm -hmm. and I don't there's like a lot there's like a nice thing about thrifting because you are buying something secondhand at least you're not getting a trendy thing that won't stand the test of time like if you are sitting at the thrift store and it's old that means it's it stood the test of time for the most part and at least you're giving it a new life and I love that about thrifting thrifting is like one of my favorite things ever in my life but you can definitely take it too far very easily because you can't even sometimes try on the clothes at the thrift store so naturally you can end up getting things that don't, you don't even know if they're going to fit you. Like it's just you have to be so intentional um, when you go there to not buy more things than you need. Specifically, I remember I, I have like I had like a lot of purses when at the end of the day, who has the time to transfer their stuff from one purse to another every single time they go out? Like I know I end up using my staple two purses, like mm-hmm. one black, one brown. And that's all I really need. But I made the mistake in the past and I bought more than that. And then makeup I think is something that I have overconsumed before because like if like when you don't know what in your makeup routine is making your makeup pill you end up trying new things 
but then you can never figure out the one thing that's actually the problem. So I've definitely over, like I've gotten more lip glosses than I need at times and stuff like that. And it's something that I'm super, super mindful going forward. But yeah, that those are definitely something like things that I've regretted in the past. Very real. I also um, think with makeup, it's like hard not to because you want to try other things, you know, but yeah, very real. But it's important just to realize that in all this, like there are financial interests in everything that's being shown to you on your screens, on social media, on wherever in, in your real life. And so you have to keep in mind that right now you're living, you're breathing, you have yes. water, food, shelter, and you're lucky you don't need the latest trend. Trust mm-hmm. me, it'll be over in a couple of weeks. No one's saying you can't ever buy anything or you can't seek out like product research or knowledge intentionally. But most of the times these ads that you're getting, they're they're coming to you involuntarily and unprovoked. And obviously all of this has led to this point where we feel so compelled to create life philosophies like minimalism. Like minimalism has become mainstream because we just realize how much capitalism is around us. So it is clearly a problem. But let's get into tips for how to avoid it. Starting first with what even is minimalism when they say it? Because I don't think some people know really what it means to be a minimalist or what that is. What is it, Bella? I'm glad you asked. So minimalism is a lifestyle philosophy focused on having essential elements while minimizing excess and clutter. It can be applied to actually a lot of areas of life, including physical possessions, living spaces, mental and digital clutter, and even one's overall just approach to life. So there's some key principles that minimalism includes, and there's like baseline principles that kind of apply to um, the things that we think about more often in relation to minimalism. So the first principle is simplicity. The idea that less is more and that you can have a calm, focused life if you reduce the number of possessions, commitments, and distractions that you're exposed to. The second is intentionality. By prioritizing what truly adds value to your your life and discarding what is superfluous, this intentionality extends to decision-making, relationships, and activities. Third is decluttering, decluttering physical spaces by getting rid of unnecessary or unused items. The process aims to create a clean and organized environment. Next, financial freedom. Minimalism can lead to financial benefits by reducing unnecessary expenses and allowing individuals to save money or invest in experiences and items of higher quality. So these are kind of like the baseline tenets of minimalism. But this movement has gotten deeper, like very deeper to people. So there's deeper impacts as well that are kind of like common amongst minimalists. minimalists. So the first is prioritizing experiences over things. Minimalists often value experiences and relationships over material possessions. They believe that experiences and memories contribute more to their overall well-being and happiness than the accumulation of stuff. The second kind of deeper tenet is mindfulness. Uh, Minimalism encourages mindfulness and living in the present moment. By reducing distractions and simplifying one's surroundings, individuals can be more aware of their thoughts, feelings, and the world around them next we have reduced consumerism so minimalists tend to be more conscious consumers they avoid unnecessary purchases and value quality over quantity they aim to break free from the cycle of mindless consumerism and lastly we have environmental considerations which um, i love actually kind of cool how the environmental one and the financial one it's like okay, yeah, minimalist has benefits, but it extends beyond just like our personal lives. It impacts like the environment and um, others as well. So environmental considerations, many minimalists are concerned about the environmental impact of overconsumption and drive to reduce their ecological footprint by buying and owning fewer things. So yeah, I really take away a lot from this. I think it's really honorable. And honestly, I, I want to, I definitely want to, um, take on a lot of these traits I definitely wouldn't consider myself necessarily a minimalist I think I really want to be surrounded by like the things that I love and be intentional with what I put in my environment and adopt a lot of these principles but yeah it's kind of exciting to know that just you can adopt some of these principles like me myself I'm going to adopt some of these mindsets but that doesn't mean that I have to like be a super you know perfect minimalist who never buys anything yeah there's there's no there's no need to be perfect I think that's also my little tangent is 
we tend to just want to like put ourselves in a box of like we are this perfect thing it's the same thing with like being Mm -hmm. vegan or being vegetarian like i'm not perfectly vegan i'm not perfectly vegetarian do i am i consciously do i consciously decide to eat less meat yes i do and that makes a difference and i think that everyone should have like that same mindset of like even if you're not a perfect minimalist even if you're not a perfect vegan like doing anything you can and being more conscious is a good thing so i agree we're gonna take from the minimalists and we have some strategies um that we've put together from our experience and common things to share with you all so first let's talk about strategies to declutter your physical space right now the stuff that's around you in your living space your home whatever what's a method that you think Bella Miss Just Moved? Yes. The first one is actually the unpacking method. And it's really useful for people who are moving spaces, um, moving like to a new house or a new apartment, or even a dorm, I guess, for people going into college. So this concept is really applicable for people who are overwhelmed by the process of moving. So it's just basically the concept that when you move, pack every single thing up. Don't worry about like, I have to throw this away, leave this, buy this new thing, and just unpack things once you get to your destination, your new home, as you need them. And you'll kind of learn which things you use a lot and which you don't. And then from that point, you can get rid of those things that you realize you didn't really even need to unpack. I did kind of a similar strategy for moving here. It's because I don't, because I'm moving out of my parents' house and that house is going to be there for like literally until my parents move, which, you know, indefinitely it'll be there. I just brought the things that I knew I needed. So I kind of moved over the span of a week and was like, okay, I'm going to spend the night at the new apartment this night. So what do I know I need? I know I need like blankets and pillows and like some of my favorite outfits. And I definitely need, you know, certain like kitchen things. Um, And then the next time I brought the rest of my clothes and like some plants because I knew that I needed a plant plants to like brighten up the space. And now that I have plants, I'm thinking of like other things that are in my bedroom right now that are more like decorative that I feel like really spark joy. So I want to go bring those next. And then basically whatever's left in my old bedroom, I'll probably just donate. Um, So yeah, that's one method. What's the next one? Genius, yes. Um, No, I think that's a really cool perk in being able to leave your stuff behind for, for like the meantime. But yeah, I think for then, that's more for people who are moving, a method for people who are moving. But if you are already in your living space that you are going to be staying in, I think it's important not to get overwhelmed by it. You know that like crazy 3 a.m. craze when you like want to clean your entire room and like you end up staying up literally all night doing it. That's a little intense. Let's just start one place at a time. So maybe decide to start with decluttering your nightstand and then your makeup and then the next day your dresser and then your hung up clothes, then your desk, bedding, towels and sheets basically just take it one space at a time don't take on like oh I'm gonna be cleaning my house this entire weekend and I'm taking like unless you can set aside that time cool but it'd be nice to routinely just be thinking about it and thinking about what you actually like and and what you don't I've been actually looking into a lot of information about how to focus for like work productivity and, and personal productivity and a lot of the studies always point to the fact that you need to take time to do like more mundane things and relax your eyes from focusing on one place and decluttering and cleaning is a good way it's a great way to take a break um in Mm -hmm. between your tasks so maybe take a break and declutter one space at a time in your in your home or your room that's the other way i love that it's very therapeutic sometimes when i'm in the right mindset you're right it can be therapeutic it's just when it gets overwhelming it's like oh my gosh but you're right if you just do one space at a time super nice um the next strategy is like dealing with sentimental items when decluttering I personally struggle with this I feel like there's certain things that I like associate with times in my life or certain people and I'm like oh my gosh I don't want to get rid of it when in actuality like am I really ever going to use that again you know or even clothes I have actually oh yeah I have this t-shirt that I recently I think I still have it or I recently donated it but I know it was a big thing for me. Um, is yeah, It was like I went to Disneyland for like one of the first times when I was a kid. And my mom and I bought like matching Mickey Mouse t-shirts. And she's been got rid of hers. She's like the queen of getting rid of everything. But mm-hmm. I still have mine because I'm like, oh, that was like one of my first times at Disneyland. When it's not even like it's falling apart. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a sentimental attachment. So um, 
anyways, this is helpful for me. So basically the first step is to decide on a certain amount of space you're willing to hold sentimental items in and try not to go beyond that space. So if it's like a box, I know some people have like a memory box. Don't you Mm -hmm. have one of those? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't have one, but maybe I should implement that. Also, we often hold on to things um, more than we really look back at them. So just keep that in mind and also consider organizing digitally or like with hard drives, photo books, those kinds of things. I could take a picture of that t-shirt. And you can still <laughs> remember than it like, the same. Yeah. Yes. No, exactly. I know. It's like so hard when it comes to sentimental things. And this is when I'll just do my little tidbit on like background on, on me and Bella because we were talking about how Bella honestly is pretty good in general with minimalist tendencies like she doesn't buy she doesn't over consume that much i like i remember when i would freak out and tell her that i'm trying to consume less she'd be like oh that's interesting like the fact that you even have to think about that is so interesting because she doesn't think about that as much and i really think it's Mm -hmm. it's due to your upbringing and i know for for me and my family like one it was a bonding experience for my mom and my sisters and i like we would go shopping at the mall and so that just became something that i really enjoyed from a young age that's one thing also my family's the type that like we have like every tool known to man that you would need to do any home improvement but the problem is yes that can be cool sometimes it's nice when you have those things you don't have to like go get it done by someone else but it's not cool when your stuff isn't organized so you can't find the thing that you would need when you need it um and so here's my little validation moment to anyone who's still living with their parents I know it's hard I know it's hard for me when uh, my style of how I want to create my my physical space doesn't always match with theirs. Like there's decor that is it doesn't spark joy for me, but it sparks joy for my parents, and so I want I I want it to still be there. Um, so just I'm validating myself and you if you relate to that, and just try to control the things that you can control. Your own room, your own um, desk, whatever spaces that are exclusive yours, just you know, enjoy them in that way. And if you can encourage your family, if you think they're holding on to things in an unhealthy way or holding on to things that are making life harder for them, it's making them harder to clean. Um, and then you can help them in that way. But yeah, I think that has, has a lot to do with sentimental items because with families, I just feel like everything is so sentimental, like decor Mm -hmm. from a certain time of life is, is, sentimental I'm like looking at some of the decor in my living room right now it's like we've had these things from trips for years and so you don't want to get rid of that and also if you feel like you spent hard-earned money on it you don't want to get rid of it but it's just you gotta you gotta draw some line at some point and most of the time I feel like you never think about the things that you have until you're actually cleaning and then you're like oh I'm but I actually love it so much but you hadn't even thought about it until you got to this Mm -hmm. point where you had to declutter so yeah I don't know that that was my little tidbit but Bella I feel like your upbringing you're saying that your mom was honestly pretty minimalist in general yeah she's so minimalist I think it's also because of how she grew up which was actually the opposite my nana her mom was the most maximalist person ever she was very organized so it was fine but she had like antique collections shell collections egg like literal egg collections like I have an emu egg in my closet because she collected eggs of like different animals Mm. nest collections uh so like mandolin like so random things but she just collected everything and like she was super organized so it never looked bad but I think my mom just felt like suffocated by all the stuff in her house growing up Mm -hmm. so when she had her own house she was like I'm never gonna do that so she has some things that hold sentimental value and that she holds on to like our Christmas ornaments We've always had the same ones throughout my life and like that's kind of like a sentimental thing she holds on to or like a lot of the furniture actually in our house was my Nana's that she had like collected from that. You know how you're always like, oh, you have good furniture. It's because it's my Nana's like she collected literally all that stuff. So because of that, yeah, my mom is just like throw away everything. She just likes to keep things as decluttered as humanly possible. So because of that, I think she's never been a go to the mall person I think I've literally been to the mall with her maybe like three times in my life like back to school shopping um there my both my parents are actually like online shopper type people more so which is actually another issue because I feel like I buy so much more online than I would in the store because 
you can't like perceive it. It's like buying with a card versus cash. Anyways, that's a tangent. So yeah, I just think because she's that way, I'm kind of this way. But but I do think that as I am getting older, especially with clothes, I have to like consciously think just because it's like some trendy item, don't buy it. So it's something that I think I do think about still, but it's just less prevalent because I think my mom's like not super cluttered at all. No, that's great. Yeah. So I think just the last thing when it comes to like just letting go of things beyond sentimental items, just things in general, I think there are some questions that you can ask yourself to help you decide whether it's time to let go. So one, Marie Kondo said, does it spark joy? Just when you look at it, does it give you like good vibes? I literally have like definitely clothes I look at and I get the worst vibe from because it just brings me back Mm -hmm. to a feeling of not being able to fit it or not like a time where I could wear it and now I couldn't like whether it was like something that's less professional that I don't wear now and just have to let go of those things. Another question to ask yourself is the frequency in which you use it. So how many times do you actually use it in a given year? How long like when was the last time you even used it? (laughs) if it's like several years ago probably it's taking up more space than you need that was like the thing that I realized when we were going house sitting how much easier it was to pick out my outfits every day because Mm -hmm. I didn't have as many choices and like you always reach for the same things so to get rid of the other fluff would be a great thing one thing that I saw when I was looking into minimalist tips that I thought was really nice is if the thing costs you less than a certain amount of dollars to replace it then just get rid of it so for me I would say the threshold for me maybe because I'm not as rich right now or something but threshold for me would probably be like if it costs me less than ten dollars to replace it I should just get rid of it like if if I'm not using it often at all if it costs like twenty dollars and beyond or fifty dollars or beyond or a hundred whatever you decide what your limit is then maybe you'd want to hold on to it because you would want to rebuy it if you end up needing it in the future but for the most part like if it's something that's so cheap like I think of this like especially with office supplies that I don't use at all scattered paper clips or something I don't know I don't know you don't don't need that in my life and if you needed it you can just get them again and like markers that are practically dried out like just throw them away you know oh yeah like old crusty pencils I always feel guilty about those so I have like a jar full of ugly pencils that I'm never going to use but true why do I even have them (laughs) yeah yeah. that's Um, valid (laughs) another thing is like if that junk drawer like if there's not a designated space for it you probably don't actually intend on You're not setting yourself up for success as far as being able to find it in the future. So you probably don't need it. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing that I really try to think about the most is would somebody else treat that thing like a prize more than you would? Like is something that's collecting dust around your house, would it mean much more to somebody else? Because if it is, if it would, bro, donate that. Like donate that immediately because Mm -hmm. there are so many people who want these things and not even just donate them to thrift stores where they end up getting resold. I mean, I do think that it's still nice for people to buy secondhand for sustainable reasons and for people who can't afford to buy something that's more expensive, but donate it to shelters, donate it to people specifically, organizations that specifically give these things to people like essentials and all of that. Why let it sit around collecting dust when it can be someone's favorite thing instead? love that, that's one month's trash is another man's treasure okay old saying. <laughs> <laughs> you say age old saying i say macklemore thank you <laughs> oh was that in thrift shop one man's trash is another man's i thought it was it's probably because it would make shop. sense i don't know an era I of forgot. time that was i hate to say it it kind of it's kind of a bop oh, we <laughs> know it's a banger we know it's a banger especially to you girl bella was like that vibe of music for a while shut <laughs> up when that was, was literally 13. a chart topping okay. song that was a chart topping song you were yeah justified. i was just with the trends no i used to actually listen to the top charts like i would literally actively go to top charts wait i still do that like sometimes but not as much anymore honestly i haven't i stopped doing it like in high school i think that was the last time i did it which is why i'm not up with the times anyways next um <laughs> oh she's mad at herself okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was more of like how to declutter your current space. Now we're going to go into strategies to be more conscious of overconsuming in the future. Overall tips. Number one, the most important thing. 
is before you go shopping, before you start scrolling on your phone and seeing all these ads, have an active list of the things that you need or you're looking for. Having that list in mind can help you be just so intentional going into it. It's not going to the thrift store and, oh, I see jeans that I like. I'm going to get it. It's, did I actually need jeans in the first place? Is that on my list of things that I'm actively looking for? I think this is super important, especially for sales shopping, like when sales happen, because it's so easy to buy even like their final sale. Like you cannot return them, but you'll buy it on impulse because you think you're getting a deal. Um, But honestly, they're probably leftovers for a reason. Like, I always think about that, like at TJ Maxx or she something. She something. Yeah, like at TJ <laughs> like, Maxx. Like, why did no one buy this earlier? <laughs> yeah, why did no one want to eat this up? Why Why is it here now for me? And that's something that I think about a lot when I go to like TJ Maxx or something in the sales section. It always calls my name. I look for the candles there or something. And, but then I always think like half the stuff is, it's stuff that people didn't want or people stuff that broke. And so it's obviously not a quality, sturdy item, whatever. So you probably don't need it. The reality is if you shop aimlessly in general and shop aimlessly, especially in a sale, you'll end up purchasing something even if you don't need it. I also, oh, I, I also made a note of this because this was, why was this a canon event or like a thing for everyone that I've mentioned this to? Urban Outfitters sale section. Please, we've all been victim. It, we've all been victim. Oh, I was, especially the one in by our house. It's, it's like all the way in the back at Victoria Gardens. Oh. I'll look that up, but... I was always up in there and I would, I literally bought, no, I literally bought like dresses that looked horrible on me and they were so like ugly, but I was like, oh, it's urban though. It's urban. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the illusion, honestly, of so many more expensive brands. Obviously some people wouldn't think Urban Outfitters was expensive. It's expensive to me. It's still expensive. To me, it's crazy still. Oh, that so, was, lo- it's actually pretty like i feel like it's expensive i feel like it's expensive i mean it's definitely not luxury technically but it's it's not cheap let's just say that yeah i mean it's not like h&m forever 21 prices it's like elevated but anyways, the next continue. year um yeah and i i just remember being in college and whenever the the urban outfitter sale would happen i would like scroll on these pages basically the bigger thing i'm saying is that when you online shop especially and you're scrolling through listings and listings and pages it feels bad to have spent all that time and not get something. And not buy something. That's the worst feeling. No, I, exactly. But we have to move past that. It's that sunk cost, like a sunk cost fall- fallacy where you think that it's going to make your time worth it by getting it. But if anything, you're just going to end up feeling worse. Like that's the mm-hmm. whole point of all of this. Like if you are not buying intentionally, you're going to end up feeling more sad with the outcome than the joy that you felt in that small moment. Um, and so don't try to make scrolling worth it and looking worth it. You'll feel more happy in the end of the day having not have bought something that you didn't actually want or need. Um, so I yeah, like it's definitely going in with a list. Go in with a list of what you need. Have an active list on your on your phone in your app, like your notes app of like things that I'm looking to thrift, things that I'm looking to buy like because I I need those things it's an it's a thing that I thought of in my head it wasn't shown to me online as a new thing that I a new trend that I need to follow or something love that yeah definitely I agree um the next one is build your cart online first then wait a few months and then come back and decide if you still want it so like if it's something that you need to live, you're going to obviously buy it immediately. But if not, just add it to your cart and come back later and see if you still want it. For me, sometimes I'll just be online shopping at night and I'll be like, oh, this is the cutest thing. I need this now. And then I like, I'm just like, uh, I'm not going to get my credit card out of my purse right now, whatever. And then I look in the, in the cart and the next morning I'm like, why did I even, <laughs> what was I even thinking? What was I know? thinking? Yeah. So I feel like if we implement that strategy a little bit more, like sleep on it a little more. Mm-hmm. another way to do this without actively shopping because sometimes when I put things in my car it's just like oh, I just want to buy them like it's too tempting mm-hmm. honestly Pinterest I feel like Pinterest if I'm pinning something and it's been pinned for a long time and it's like a more pricey item I'll wait and then go you know go purchase it if it's something I still want like something that I posted or pinned like all the time in 2020 was that freaking house of sunny dress the green one. Mm-hmm. I want it so badly. Like I was like going to drop like $200 on that dress or get some cheap dupe. But then I was like, what? What's the point of getting the cheap dupe? So then I literally was going to buy it. I was so close. 
And then I was like, let me give it time because it's giving – it was too trendy. You know, when things are too trendy, it's like – You have to give it time. Die. Yeah. Yeah, you have to give it time. So then I gave it time and I don't even want it anymore. Lo and I think behold, I she it thinks it's ugly now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I know. That's – that's really important it's interesting how you use pinterest for that because yeah it's kind of the same concept of putting it in your car except it's like well i do that too oh yeah because i do kind of do that like i'll go back into old pinterest board to see the style and vibe that i like then and i'll see the things that i still like now the things that i'm like are you freaking kidding me like Mm -hmm. absolutely not i would never wear that and i'm glad that i it's nice when you didn't invest in those things that ended up being a short-term thing that you were interested in I just think that I just fell victim to 2020. 2020 was that colorful. Like, they got us, bruh. They got us. Like the the patterns, the colors, the Yeah, pastels. I will say, I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm not saying that I fell victim to that because I did not. Thank you, fashion police. Do not get me because I did not wear those patterns. Thank, I was not wearing the ripped up jeans. <laughs> <laughs> the zigzag, like wavy blue jeans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crime. Anyways, but I definitely freaking wore the most color i've ever worn in my entire life and it was it was cute for the moment but has it has it stood the test of time unfortunately not thankfully i thrifted most of the stuff but still it's just yeah it's it's important to give these things some time because also if it's as timeless as you think it is like there'll be an available version of it later so yeah that's good yeah Mm mm-hmm but yes, some of the in the moment questions that you can ask yourself when you're about to buy something, but you're not sure. First of all, if you're not sure, you probably don't want it. But anyways, here are some questions you can ask yourself to make sure that what you think you want, you actually do indeed need. So one, where are you going to put that thing? Do you even have space for it? Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need another pair of jeans. Okay, I barely have space for all my jeans right now. So I shouldn't get another pair unless like I'm planning to get rid of some or if I know some of them don't currently fit me. But if I don't, then I don't need more jeans. Another question is how many times are you actually going to use it? Like what's the cost per use here? If it's a dress that you know you're only going to wear once, should you buy it or should you maybe go on one of the websites like Rent the Runway or any any renting service so you can get an a dress for one event and not just buy a dress that it's going to end up sitting in your closet for the rest of your life you know Mm -hmm. so think about how many times you're actually going to use the product um i also think of that for makeup um because if you buy like the extras of things you don't need like blush do you really need every shade of blush how many times are you actually going to end up using that in a given year probably not a lot so you probably don't need it um Another question that I ask myself when it comes to stylistic things is would you have liked it and st- liked the style of it five years ago? Like, is it timeless? Would would your previous era self like it now? You just have to ask yourself that question. And then point or blank. Even, oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, cut you off. But I was going to say even like your future self. Like, that's what's been bigger oh, for yeah. me now. Like, like, I'll buy a little cute. I don't know why I keep going back to crop tops. I just feel like as you get older, they're just not, they're not giving classy, elevated, you know, sometimes they are, but sometimes the ones I'm thinking of, they're not. Anyways, yeah, I just feel like thinking about like, who's the person you want to be in 10 years? Well, maybe not 10 years, maybe like five years. Would they want to choose that? No, I definitely think about that all the time. I, I don't know why I didn't say that. You're completely right. It's definitely about the future. And if you think that your future self is going to do it. I'm not trying to say like cap your youth and not wear things now. Because I do think that at the end of the day, like I, I try to remember my older sister always tells me it's like you're only young like right now where it's like permissible for you to wear a certain thing. So like enjoy it and, and enjoy your body, enjoy yourself. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to like, especially if I was making a more expensive investment into some sort of item, I'm not going to get something that's not going to stand the test of time for me moving forward into whatever like look and vibe I want to be. So that's super true. Mm -hmm. The last set of questions is just point blank point. The last set of questions is just point blank. Do you need it? How different is it really going to make your life? What is the ROI. What's your return on investment? Is it going to, is this item, this product going to save you money in the future? Is it going to save you time in your daily routine? Like what is the actual benefit of it? Or is it just like taking up more space and not adding much to your life? So yeah, those are kind of questions to ask yourself. We still have some more tips though. So another thing I saw this, I saw this TikTok a while back, a long while back. And it was just saying like, 
there's actually been studies that have been done about how window shopping is more fun than actually buying the thing itself. Basically, like, we... It's more fun to go out window shopping and, and look at things and, like, glamorize them and think about them in your head. Like, oh, my God, it's just so cute. Um, but actually, when you buy them, it, it's, it, it's a worse feeling because you have decision fatigue. You get buyer's remorse, all these different factors. And actually, that reminded me of, like, did you see that trend on TikTok at a time where it was, like, girls shopping? It's like, oh, my God, this is so cute. And then you, like, put it down. I love that about us. Me. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Bella. Um, but I think it's a good thing because like you can enjoy, you know, looking at it and thinking that it's cute for the moment, but it doesn't mean that it needs to take a space in your life. There was a girl on yeah. TikTok who is um, a minimalist. Her at is at Renee. How do you say that last name? Do you think? Venice. Venice. Yeah. At, at R-E-N-E-E dot B-E-N-E-S. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and she said that she what one thing that she does is she literally when she finds something cute at a store she'll take a photo of it and then put it back because it gives her the same like feeling of joy like she doesn't forget it mm. um, and it helps her not want to buy it like it, it takes away the rush from it and I think that's true especially at those type of I'm just thinking like gift shop type of stores like knickknack type of stores like it's so hard not to walk away from a small business without buying something like like that sort of vibe because yeah. it's all so cute but like you just don't need it you know yeah yeah that's how I feel like with traveling I I there's nothing I hate more than going into souvenir shops stop also the stuff just doesn't I have controversial takes on that I hate to say it I hate to say it my take is you should buy an artisanal good from like someone artisanal please I'm not I'm not gonna buy like when I was in Costa Rica I could have bought like a mug that said Costa Rica but I was like why would I do like you know what I mean I just feel like it's like way better but those are also small businesses, so not me being a hater, but who knows? Anyways, go ahead. I know. Exactly. And, like, why buy a keychain from every place that you've been to? Like, unless you decide that that's your keepsake for them. I don't know. Like, I have done what, – what was something that I decided? I did decide that, in general, the places that I go to that are novel and new, I usually buy a magnet for my parents' fridge. Um, so, that I don't know. I just feel like so they can see, like, the places that, like, their children have gone. But other than that, souvenir shops are literally – my controversial take about souvenirs and stuff is I personally, when my friends go to a place, I don't want them to buy me a souvenir. I don't. I'm good. I'm good off the shot glass. I'm good off yeah. the keychain. Thank you. Actually, I have one keychain that I like. Yes. <laughs> shout out, shout out Blake who got us all New York keychains because they're actually cute keychains. Like I actually wanted to put it on my keyring, but um, yeah. yeah, because it's just if I never been there, why do I want a mug that says Costa Rica? Like I've never been there. Like it's also just like you they're usually not cute. Like they're you usually just get them because they say where you were. Like it's never like, "Oh my gosh, that's actually such a cute." Yeah, unless it's mug. a thing like, for the area. They're all the same and they j- You know what? I actually well, Starbucks they have like cute designs, I guess, but the little like mugs that say the city. Oh, from from Starbucks? Like, it's You're yeah, you're offending exactly an entire community mug. right now. You are literally like actively getting us haters. Thank you. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> it's not for me. It's not for me. What can I, I say? I know. That's just like a greater philosophy on like whether it's okay to collect things, you know, and whether it's okay to like have. I think it is. It, yeah. I mean, because I mean, that's what they're me, doing. Most of them try else. to collect every single city of those Starbucks cups. That's fun for them. Okay. For <laughs> okay. No, I get you though. I know. And it's I'm so kidding. hard no. because no, I'll be- my mindset with like tr- those um, souvenir shops is so different. And like, I'll tell my sisters, I came, I-, I remember coming back from like my first like big trip. And they're like, so what did you get us? And I was like, oh, you wanted something? Ooh. I was like, oh, you wanted something? I did not think you'd want something. Of course I want something. So I've learned to adapt. So I do get my sisters and my mom something. I do try to make it the thing from the area, like the thing that's popular so for example like scotland they're known for their tartan prints like their scarves and like that sort of wool design so i got them some of those things since it's like very descriptive of the area but also at the same time i still think it's pretty wasteful unless like that's actually their style and they actually want to use it one oh yeah the one thing that i let myself get from travels is usually jewelry um because i yeah jewelry 100 i love jewelry and um it reminds me of like that certain trip, but still, I honestly don't even. No one ever needs to collect anything, so. I think collecting, 
I, I mean, I think it's something like seashells. Like, I don't know. I think there's cool things you can collect. And if that's like your thing, that's cool. But I think, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Some people find real joy in that. I don't personally. So I guess it's hard for me to like relate to that. No, but, I think it could be very, very um, fun. I just think that it's really hard to manage and clean and upkeep, like finding that space in your home and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Definitely. Um, but yeah. Okay. So another tip. I would say in general, limit the noise. So unsubscribe from marketing emails when you can, or honestly just direct all marketing emails. Just have a designated designated junk email for those sorts of things when you have to sign up for programs, loyalty programs and all that sort of things. I have like a completely separate email address that I use for all of that. Um, I would also say unfollow unfollow any influences that are not good for you aka influencers or that one account on tiktok that shows you the latest things to buy at costco y'all are sick because it's so effective and it's so fun (laughs) but it's like you just don't need to be influenced by these factors you should only seek out the things that you intentionally need not get convinced by an ad unprovoked you know also something to add to that on limiting the noise I also think you can, okay, not, I know we kind of were not trying to get on the tangent, but I feel like limiting the noise is just a theme. Like sometimes for me that I need to do that I have not done that I tell myself every day and have been for the past five years is like clean out my phone and my photos. Cause I think just any space that, yeah, is just less cluttered, whether it's like your brain, your phone, your space or your emails and stuff like it really just makes you feel less like on alert. And so I feel like I do less impulsive things when I'm not like feeling like anxious or like on alert you know definitely just feeling tidy in all aspects of your life Mm -hmm. another thing i don't know why it changed my life i don't know why but i got this minimalist tip told to me and it told me not to purchase a refill of something until you're completely done with the current product that seems like rock that that doesn't seem like rocket science that seems like common sense right Mm -hmm. but I don't know why because I would just be at the store and be like, oh, well, I'm going to save myself a future trip by getting it now, especially with makeup. Oh, the makeup, the makeup people, they got me fooled. And actually, it made me think about how makeup design, the product design is so smart. For example, Charlotte Tilbury pressed powder. Love that stuff. It is. It has a very flat package. And it's genius. Same thing like eyeshadow palettes or basically a lot of powder powder compacts, powder products. They are very thin. I feel like it's on purpose so that you hit pan sooner. Because the second that you hit pan, mm. you're going to think that it's about to be done and want to buy another one. But like Interesting. you're just hitting pan because you're if you're always reaching for the middle of the powder, then it's obviously going to get worn out the quickest. But there's still all the edges that will take just as much time. And so that's true. Yeah, I think it's important not to buy a refill until you're completely done with the current product, because honestly, where are you going to put the refill? Do you have space for that? And it's so easy nowadays to run to the store and get what you need. So even if you think you're saving the next trip, OK, you're going to end up making the next trip at some point. And with super fast shipping nowadays, you do not need to be strategically thinking ahead and buying ahead really anymore. Um, so yeah, maybe try not to bulk up on things that you don't need to. Obviously, sometimes like my family, we're a Costco family, so we do buy in bulk of things we often use, but we have to unfortunately make the space for those things and it is annoying, but we do it for the deals. But on the things that you don't need to do that for, like AKA the Sephora sale that just happened, um, if you're listening, you missed it already. Sorry, it's over now. But, um, ooh, Bella made a face because she knows she missed it herself. I sure did miss <laughs> Anyways, it. Um, but you do not need to buy a million I only get 10% of- though. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Beauty insiders get 10%. I'm VIP, so I get 15. How do you get to that level? Just the stuff you buy? The amount of money you spend. It's literally sick. <laughs> Oh, but that's why okay. I, mean, I, I thought I was going to get that big discount. So I signed up. I was like, 10%. I'm not going to be doing all this for 10%. Oh, no. Yeah. You get 10% automatically. So not me being a walking ad. I just, I'm obsessed with deals. I'm telling you it's bad. But yeah, you have to spend, no, it's good. You have to spend $350 to be VIP. And then, that's not even that much for Sephora, in a year, please. You have to spend 300 And yeah. And then I usually, that's why I try to like, buy my sisters have my sisters buy stuff on my account so i can keep my status and then you have to spend a thousand a year to get 
rouge the highest amount. Yeah. A thousand is kind of a lot if you think about it. Like if you think of your salary and you spend a thousand of it post tax on, on makeup and skincare is so funny. My joke. Oh my God. My running joke with my friend. It's so funny. One of my friends from college, I love him so, so much. He would always slide me his, his Sephora login to get the discount for rouge and it just blows my mind because he doesn't even wear makeup. He only buys skincare and he buys enough skincare to make rouge. Like we always talk about that this all the time. And that, the fact that he made rouge before I did. But I love it. I, I literally shout out him. I love He's him like, so much. Yeah. So yeah. He's funny if it's who I, I think it is. with the funny profile picture. Oh, he housed that. That's what gave us the idea. He what? Didn't he house it? And that's why we housed it. Oh, Yeah synergy synergy yeah he was the one who housed that <laughs> yeah so yeah you do not need to purchase something until it's completely used up the next one bella yes the next one is to invest in high quality items that will last wait sorry yes the next one is to invest in high quality items that will last over time so like buying high quality basics and not expensive trendy items. Like I said, these were my sins in college. I bought 100% trendy items that – because also I feel like when I only bought trendy items, I felt like I never had anything to wear because none of my stuff really matched. Like it was just like this one thing can be used in this one outfit. Like I couldn't really repair super interestingly printed cheap material. You know what I mean? Anyways, not me backing on the fast fashion, but – it deserves to be backed on. So yeah, recently I started buying staples that are definitely more expensive. I mean, it's also nice having a job so I can like be able to afford those things. But um, yeah, I feel like I've made like two pretty big girl purchases, which I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they're not even crazy, but I got like a coach bag on sale on Black Friday. Simi got it too. And that was like such a staple but um, it was a little bit more expensive than like what I guess I would have normally bought. Like it wasn't like a $20 bag or anything. Um, and then I also got these like flats that I'd been wanting for a really long time that are like my most expensive shoe, but I wear them all the time and I'm obsessed with them. And then something else I want to add to this is I feel like you have to be in the, in your good mindset. Cause this can kind of go bad sometimes, but Sometimes it's just better to pay like the full price for the item you actually want than getting like the slightly different one. Like I really wanted white tennis shoes and I was going to go, I went to like TJ Maxx and I was like looking at them and I was going to buy these ones for like, I don't even know, like they were like 30 bucks, which is actually a deal for Reeboks, but they had like these weird pink like pinstripes and I was like you can't even really see them like it's not that big of a deal but I knew they would have annoyed me so I like ended up returning them after I bought them and then I bought these super cute Reeboks that I found for like 50 bucks. And yeah, it's like $20 more, but they were exactly the ones I wanted. So it was just more worth it to me and I'll probably keep them more and wear them more. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say there. But it is hard because within moderation, like you can't just buy every single thing you want when you want it. And you can't and buy every single thing in like the highest the price and all that. But yeah, you just have to think really hard about whether you think you're, you would like, you would have liked it in the past and you're going to like it in the future and you're going to use it how many times like, that's just all you got to do so it was nice for you to identify Wendy's. that like the pink little spark i know you were she was sending me all these videos like i don't know is it that bad should i get them i was like i don't know it's glad that you can you i'm glad that you could identify okay no that is going to continue to bother me and be something that i think about so no i'm not gonna do that i'd rather spend a little extra to get something that i really really love and i really would wear for a long time Mm-hmm. The next thing is I would say is to avoid fandoms and merchandise. Bruh. I talked about this in the parasocial relationships episode. You do not need to prove your loyalty to a person or to a franchise that does not know you exist. It doesn't take away from how much you love it if you don't buy the thing. Like, I feel that way when I go to a concert and there's merch and I'm like, oh, but like, I want to commemorate that I was here or I want to show that I'm supporting the artist or I want to just wear this thing to show that that's an interest of mine. But it doesn't freaking matter. First of all, most merch mm -hmm. is never made that nicely. It's not super high quality. The graphics w w get worn over time. And I don't need to prove to anybody else in the room that I'm a bigger fan than them by buying a lot of merch or even going. This honestly goes beyond 
the stuff. It is even just like going to the concert, doing the thing. I talked all about this in the parasocial relationship episode though. So I'll save the rant, but I do think that it's just weird to put, it's crazy how people are just put in boxes based upon their fandom. If they're a Taylor Swift fan, every single gift that they'll get is Taylor Swift themed. And it'll lead to so much extra purchases, like to get them every vinyl, to get them every CD, to get them every cardigan and merch item. Like you don't need all of it just because it's an interest of yours. It doesn't mean you have to manifest it physically in your space and in something that you have. It's a fine line. A fine line by Harry Styles. Yeah. Thank you. Just kidding. It's a fine line. <laughs> but yeah, so you don't need all of the extra fandom stuff and merchandise things. Now, in the spirit of giving this holiday season, let's give less. Just kidding. But pretty much what <laughs> I wanted to say, one point here, is that if you want to declutter your space and you want to be more intentional, give that gift to other people and help them by not getting them clutter, not getting them things that are that they don't need. Not getting fluffed to just cross something off your list because you couldn't think of what to get them. No, if if they are someone who's who are who is in your life enough and you care enough for them to want to spend your hard-earned money to get them a gift, think about what they would want or honestly ask them what they want. My family call us boring, but we're practical. We make a Christmas Excel sheet every single year for the past like three years where we write and link exactly what we want. And so there's no surprises, there's no letdowns, there's no, I don't know, I feel, I feel sad and regretful when someone that I care about spends their money on something that I know I'm not going to use. Like I remember one year they got me like a karaoke machine because I thought I was going to like love that because I love to sing, but I'm too embarrassed to sing in front of anyone. So I was like, no, I actually don't want this and this was expensive. Please, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know. And it feels so bad when like you don't have the, the even reaction that you think that, that they think that you're going to have. So yeah, I just think that it, you'd be more intentional with asking people, hey, what do you need right now? What what could you use? What have you been wanting a lot? Um, I'm going to get you that thing. Or just try to give something of sentimental value instead, like writing them a very intense card, intense card, a deep card, or just anything else that you can think of gifting them an experience. Bella and I, we, every year for the most part, we usually gift ourselves both going to the spa. We both go together as mm -hmm. an experience. We've only done that for the past like two, three years because it is expensive to go to the spa. Let it be known. But that's just like a great thing that we do for each other instead of buying other clutter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love that. I think also just like intentionally, yeah, listening to your loved ones and seeing like what can make their life easier what would they love what words can I say in a card exactly I think you said it very well yeah my mom my family has done that since we were like since my brother and I were probably like in high school they stopped giving us things and just give us trips like so now we go on like family trips and like that's our present and it's like valuable honestly, time together exactly honestly once again my mom she's a genius they're just yeah my parents they ate with that one so like now I have all these experiences that I like remember and they're like lifelong memories and they were Christmas gifts so yeah I think that those are like sometimes the most joyful moments and that's like not always like an item that's not to say that sometimes things aren't you know nice to get and that they don't spark joy but it's kind of cool because I think experiences you can have so many memories associated with them and like they're just a lot more timeless sometimes so yeah. I mean, think about the gifts that you remember most in your in your life having received from people. It's probably not the ones that were full of fluff because those things don't mean a lot to you. And so, yeah, if you have a more intentional gift, a more sentimental gift, it's probably going to end up meaning more and be more memorable to the person anyway. Like, I honestly get stressed mm -hmm. when I get cluttered gifts. Sometimes, like, I have a hard time understanding where to put these things where because it's not things that I would have bought on my own or spent my own money on. And it's just, yeah, it's just such an, it's such an icky feeling. I, but I do think that sometimes some people do value the amount of things over the, the specific impact of the thing. So they may gift to you in that manner. But if you can just let them know in advance, hey, I would just want this instead. Then you can save them the extra money and hassle of just like compiling a bunch of things you don't need. Yeah, I guess like... 
Or even if you do get stuff that you don't need, like you don't need to keep it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's bad. Yeah. But it's like you maybe can it does it. hurt. Maybe and donate person... it in the new form. Don't open it and make it like yeah, maybe... pampered. Like go donate it to literally the millions of drives that happen every Christmas to give toys Especially and, and gifts to other people. Because maybe that's how that person shows love and like you can't be, I don't know. Sometimes people like to give gifts and it's like, uh, okay, I won't rain on their parade, whatever. Within reason. I mean, obviously there's some people where it's like, Okay, actually, I'm just going to tell you what I need. But um, but yeah, then you can just like donate it. You don't have to keep it. Donate it or just like give it. I guess regifting is kind of like bad, but you could just be like, I'm not going to use this, but I know you like it. Here you go. Um, that's actually probably bad advice because I guess that's not very classy. But yeah, anyways, yes, love this topic. I will be implementing more of these strategies in my life. I feel like it's like you said, you don't have to be a total vegan to like care about health and like animal rights and stuff. Just like you don't have to be a total minimalist to want to be, um, to just want to be surrounded by all the things that you love and to just live a more organized, peaceful, calm, decluttered life. Yeah, absolutely. I think like the, what I want to get across this episode is that you don't need to be perfect about it, but just even thinking about it is already the first step to, being more mindful about these things it'll save you money it'll save you mental stress it will save you decision fatigue all these things to have less you'll be you'll be doing better by the planet by not i mean stores only sell this extra crap because people buy it and so if you are part of the people who are not buying these things who are not buying into the excessive capitalist culture that we have then you are literally doing right by the planet um and you you will influence like what is being offered in all these places. So yeah, maybe instead of all the things that we try to accumulate when we feel down, like when we just want retail therapy, maybe it's about going out into the world actually and experiencing things and not collecting things for joy. No, experiencing things for joy. Um, but yeah, I hope that these tips help you create a space in which you love everything around you and Get rid of all the extra fluff and not buy things you don't need. Yes. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, please join our close friend's story on Instagram if you haven't heard about that yet. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? <laughs> yes. Please just like send us a message if you'd like to join our close friend's story. We'll also probably just ask the masses um, at some point if they want to join um, in case Y'all don't stay tuned to the end of the episodes where we ever mention it. But yeah, message us if you'd like to join our close friend story. And we're going to start trying to organize certain things. I don't want to say too much yet because we haven't fully decided the yeah. best route. We want to, yeah, but do we something. we want to do some community stay building. Stay tuned. Big things coming. Yes. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned with the, with the shh emoji. Stay tuned. <laughs> Um, anyways, exactly. but yeah, follow our Instagram and join our close friend story at Duality Pod and follow us on TikTok at Duality Podcast. We appreciate you all so, so much, and we're sending all of our love to all of you in these times. Yes. As always, love you. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.